Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Broadway and Exchange. I'm your host, Aiden Briggs, and with me today is Max Pleban. Max reached out to us about the possibility of using this platform to express some of his key visions and ideas to the student body for this year's SVP election for the 2022-2023 school year. Max is not only a good friend of mine, but a brother, so I'm eager to chat with him about his ideas and visions for the future of the King's College. Max, how's it going? Well, thank you for having me. Looking forward to finally be on this podcast that I've heard so infamously about. So It's good to have you. So start with the very basics. Yesterday they announced all the candidates. You are one of three. It's you, Abby Roth, and Maddie Winburn. Correct. Why did you decide to run? Sure. Um, I guess it's not... Student body president has been something that's been on my radar too much over uh, the time here. I've been very involved in my house with Reagan, and that's something I've always just enjoyed uh, being a part of that group. But as the, the SPP year started to roll around, I started to think about and consider what it would look like. Um, I, first and foremost, I really love the mission of the school. Um, this has been a great place for me the past three years and just overall formation from intellectually getting to read all these books and have such great professors to also having a great group of people around me. I really have a, an affinity for, for Kings in this place and I want to see it succeed in the future. So looking into that, I wanted to see, well, where are we currently today in our, our status quo? And then where, where can we be? five, ten years down the line. Um, and I think that's something that we we really got to start focusing on and emphasizing, not just looking at the here and now, but looking where do we want kings to be, the house system to be, the student orgs to be, five years down the road or ten years down the road. And I think I have a unique position on that. Um, I think that we did a great job coming out of the COVID year this past year in, in 2020 of a time where we couldn't throw events or do any traditions. Um, we couldn't go on retreats. Um, although fall retreat was, was scrapped before that, we couldn't do that either. And it was tough to have a, any semblance of a community, especially for such a small school. But I think this year we've done a great job of actually bringing all those back. We have fall retreat back again. Houses are growing on their house retreats, throwing all their normal traditions and events. And we're, we're getting the, the machine back up and running. And now I think is a good and unique time where we can say, okay, we've got these traditions back in place. We're not in survival mode, per se. Um, how are we going to look forward? What do we want the, us as a student body to look like and, and the legacy we want to leave behind for five to ten years down the road? So that's why I decided to run. I think I have some unique ideas for that, and I'm sure we're going to get into the rest of that in the in the course of this talk. So. <laughs> Absolutely. And there was a lot to unpack there, but I want to start with this. Towards the beginning of what you were what you were just saying, you mentioned the King's mission statement. And I think for a lot of students coming into King's, that is a big King's mission statement. And that is a big part of what they talk about and push on to the students that are coming in. They're very proud of it. So for running for SBP, how do you view King's and its mission statement? We'll just start with that. You mentioned that in the beginning. How do you? Sure, that? yeah. I, I think you're, you're totally right that um, King's, um, the mission statement is what really defines the school. 
of, hey, come here, we're going to teach you PPE, Christian worldview, Western worldview, and then we're going to send you off into the world, and then you can go be a leader in that world. I think that's really cool. It's not a typical liberal arts college view of the world. It's something where liberal arts college, where it's out in the middle of Michigan or Maine, like Colby College or even Grove City College, and they're out in the middle of states in the middle of nowhere. Um, we're right in the center of like the cultural capital of, mm -hmm. of the world, many, many would say. So we're engaging culture just by being in it to begin with. And, and, and that's something that's really unique about it. We're not here to just sit and think about big ideas. We're here mm -hmm. to implement them. So the mission statement is uniquely a mission focused. It's, it, that's mm -hmm. what our school is. So that's how I view the school in this mission statement. I think that we need to ultimately see how can we further that? Because if our goal is to go out and influence the worlds of media, film, finance, mm -hmm. economics, academia, et cetera, we need to, we, we need to continu continuously emphasize that, hey, this is what we're here for. But let's also work on creating some pipelines, et cetera, to really be able to make that happen, um, to help get our students into these positions and make it something that is, it's really encouraged to do and accessible for our students to do. Um, I think that's the biggest thing I think about the mission statement. I'll also point out that there's King students don't have a one universal view of the mission statement. Um, many come and completely believe in it. Um, they say, this is exactly why I'm here. I'm, I'm personally one of those people that I truly believe that this place is ready to equip people and their students for influencing um, uh, institutions. But some people are here also just for, for New York, and that's another mm -hmm. aspect of it. So I think the student body has, has a unique makeup about that, and we have to definitely listen to all sides um, and hear everybody's voices and their concerns. But um, I think that we should not back down from our mission statement. We should even go more head on to it. Um, one thing, and then I, we, we can move on from this topic that I heard, but um, I was talking with, with an, a, a friend of mine who he graduated here um, a couple years ago, and he said, listen, why are we right now on Wall Street? And I said, well, you know, it's probably, we got a good deal on the, the place. And he said, <laughs> yes, that's true, but also there's the New York Stock Exchange here. You know, mm -hmm. there's, um, it's literally, we are right next to the stock exchange. We are right next to culture. And we are here to face that culture. And that's why the King's College is here. It's to look in the face of culture and then push back against it um, in when the time is needed. And I think that's that King's is doing a, a very good job so far equipping their students for that. So that's that's a little bit of what I how I view the mission statement right now. I think that's a really good leeway into the house system because obviously every house is run differently. Every house has its own traditions and its own people, but what the houses do is they give the students in a sense, give them a community of people to almost go out and like you're saying, go out into the world with. And I know being a part of Reagan, that is something that we really try and do. We take our traditions very seriously. We are always encouraging each other to push on into the world. Um, and be successful in 
what whatever they want to do. Um, but the house system is also something that, like I just said, very much affects everybody because everybody who comes to Kings gets put into a house. Going off of that, what do you have any visions for the house system moving forward? Sure, that that's probably the the issue that I'm most passionate about is is the house system right now. Mainly because the first reason is that I've had a great experience with it. Um, I've gotten to see and you uh, you know many of the older guys when I was a freshman, and just one of the biggest things that stood out to me was getting to see guys who were very driven. Um, wanted to go out into the world and make changes, um, was very intellectual, um, had fun with each other, um, and were also all you know Christian guys. I think I thought that was really cool and something I hadn't seen before coming from where I was from in in Memphis. Um, but so that, that I, I find a lot of value in the house system um, from from just that aspect. Coming to New York, a freshman coming in is going to see a whole new world um, that they haven't experienced before. And we get a lot of students from, you know, places of small towns or small classical schools, homeschool groups. That's a a big part of um, the student body at King's. So coming to the largest city in the world um, is a huge shock. So immediately having a group of people that you can rely on and have the older members of that group help you and mentor you and um, just give you even every normal day advice. Um, that's something that's really beneficial for anybody coming into uh, Kings here and coming to New York for the first time. That's why the house system is so, it's so needed. Um, just to be, a, first of all, a p- first point of contact for people as they come to New York for the first time. Mm-hmm. But also, the, I mean, you go through the, the history of any fraternal or sorority society, you know, um, societies, um, those groups were here for something bigger. Originally, that was their intent, was for something bigger than itself. It was usually to have service to um, a group. Um, it was to do some form of humanitarian work um, for the, the local, or civic work and civic engagement. Mm-hmm. That was the purpose of originally of fraternities and sororities. Um, and that's something that I think the house system has definitely tried to adopt as well with going out and doing city engagement. Um, we do, um, uh, you know, gospel mission every Tuesday night where we go and get food from Trader Joe's and then go and package it up to, to give out to lower income people. Um, that's something that is something that if a house does that, that's really beneficial um, just for the lifeblood of that house and can f- basically form a young a younger student who's coming to Kings and show them, hey, this is what we do. We want to have fun, etc. We want you to have a good time at Kings and learn, but also we want you to give back. And that's where there's a lot of value with the house system. Now, where are we now with the house system and where could we be? Um, I view it as I think right now, it's more of a group of people getting together and we're creating traditions, sure, and we're giving back some, sure. But where could we be? I think we can make the house system much more institutional. Um, Not in a year, but I think it needs to be. Um, Right now, a house gets, I believe, $25 per person every semester from the school. That's the grant they get. Usually, you're coming out as a house with a $2,000 budget in total for the year. Um, 
that's just not enough money to make any meaningful <laughs> change. Um, it'll get a pizza for some pizzas for a couple it, of it'll events. get a pizza. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's nothing wrong with just getting pizzas. But yeah, I think it, we've been at a stagnant point with the house system where this is just where we've come to accept. Oh, we're we can't do some crazier, cooler events or doing bigger opportunities or inviting speakers in to come talk to our house as much because it's just not in the budget. And I think we need to stop putting ourselves in the box with that type of stuff. And I think we need to start thinking, how do we start connecting and building an alumni base and fundraising every year, having annual fundraisers, um, making things more institutional, um, working together more with the other houses to create a more coalesced student body. Um, I think these are some of the things we need to start talking about because I think when are we going to go from worrying about getting pizza at the next event, like you talked about, to getting a physical location or a brownstone for a house? When are we going to start talking about that? Um, I think it's down the road, definitely, something like that, but we can start making laying the foundations now. now. Um, We can start looking at, okay, well, should we look at filing for our own nonprofit status as an independent entity as a house system. Um, can we start making uh, an alumni charitable association that can become an investment vehicle for each house system? Um, that's some things that I think need to be put on the table. Um, I don't think we've had that vision for the past couple years. I know in the past um, that it's been talked about. Um, nothing was followed through on. Um, but that's why I said it needs to be a five to ten year plan of where we want the house system to be and i would love to see a time where all the houses do have maybe their own physical location down the road and have a annual alumni gatherings and always having annual fundraisers and people can come back 10 years from now and they're in the house of reagan or the house of churchill or ten boom or whatever it might be and they have an alumni association they can be a part of and i think that's something that we should definitely if our, if our big goal is always community that I, I think every mm-hmm. King's SBP candidate loves to say, yeah. that seems to be the word they love to say. Um, if that's our goal, well, let's look at the bigger goal of community, which is making a more institutional house system. And um, that's kind of a, a little bit of a vision of where I can see the house system could advance to, but it will, it would take time. So in that you just, you talked about fundraising. Can you talk about this? that just a little bit more and maybe even how you as SBP plan on helping with that fundraising for all of the houses. Sure. It's the first thing every house um, should do on administrative, on the administrative side of things. There is no reason you shouldn't attempt to have a fundraiser. Um, Right now um, you've been, every house has been given an alumni roster of basically every alumni they've, they've had. I believe Joey Willis or Sophia Costin or somebody, uh, they, they compiled the list for, for us, but they, they, they sent it out um, to all the houses. Every house has one. Mm-hmm. Um, the houses need to take advantage of that. And I don't think they realize that asking for money is not a shameful act for <laughs> a house to yeah. have, especially for alumni who ha- enjoyed their house experience and want future people to, uh, to also enjoy. To enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, for this year, um, I think I do have a unique credibility to talk about this because with Reagan this year, this was one of our main emphasis. Our main emphasis was connecting again with the alumni base and trying to create a more 
tight-knit group between there to bridge that gap. And one of the best ways we did it was reaching out to alumni and fundraising. And we were able to fundraise um, about $5,000 from alumni alone. And uh, we were able to, able to entice them and also get a matching donor in the situation. So who's going to match that now? So that is going to be huge for the long-term yeah. self-sustainability of Absolutely. the House of Reagan. And I want to see every house have that opportunity. Um, so I guess one tangible way the SPP can, is, is, is doing, and this is my personal plan, is in statesmanship in the two-week training period for um, all the house exec teams. They come in two weeks before, and then they go through nine, ten-hour days of listening to how to be a leader. And one of the, they have a little session on house fundraising. How do you fundraise for a house? And I think that's great. But it ends there. It's left up to the houses if they want to even proceed with that. And I think we need to be really intentional with the cabinet's role next year and helping orchestrate that because it for it is for the benefit of all houses to do so. So I would uh, appoint the director of finance to be over the house alumni associates and help them guide them step by step process um, on how to set up a fundraiser and be with them and basically work through it with them. The alumni associate and the president can meet with this director of finance and then he will give them all the steps on how to do it. And it's a very simple process. It's not complicated at all. You write out your expenses, you make it look pretty, you send it out to your, uh, your, your alumni base, you say, this is what we wanna spend it on, this is how it's gonna further our mission statement, would you guys be interested in donating? And then you're gonna get a ton of responses. Um, so that's one tangible way I wanna help and emphasize fundraising so that we can, we don't have to be as sustained, uh, um, I guess tied to the, the grant that we get from Kings. We can, we can do more events, et cetera, so. So there's two things in that that I would love to touch on. You mentioned the alumni associates and the cabinet. I would I want to talk first about the cabinet because I think that'll go. We can talk about that quicker than probably sure. the alumni associates. Yeah. Um, the E the ESTV um, did an interview with Brent. They just put it out on Thursday or Friday, I think, and they mentioned and they asked him what he thought the next SBP would need to look like, what sort of qualities. Um, but one thing he brought up was he said that culture can change very fast, especially in New York City, That's in true. good ways and bad ways. And especially at Kings, it can change very fast with how small we are. A lot of things can very change. Very true. Um, there was sort of two things that he mentioned um, an SPP candidate should be paying attention to. He said a strong vision of where it should be, where King's student body should be, and just King's in general, where it should be. And he mentions the cabinet is a big part of that. So in your opinion, and with your platform, what are some of the main qualities of a cabinet member team to you? Yeah, so I think it's interesting. Um, people might not know who was on the cabinet. I know my freshman year, I had no clue who was on the cabinet. Did you know who was I on the cabinet? I didn't either. Exactly. I had no idea. Yeah, they didn't advertise that um, very well to us. Or maybe we were just not worrying about it. I don't know. <laughs> either either way. We were living life. We, we were, were living freshmen. life. Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, the cabinet, um, 
might be the most un, the, the greatest unsung heroes of how King's student body, student life get, um, works. Uh, they're probably the most the the biggest unsung um, heroes. The cabinet has four has the position of director of student orgs, director of student events, director of communications, director of spiritual life, and then the director of finance. So these are the five positions of the cabinet along with the student body president um, overseeing them. But they all operate separately. Um, they, the student body president doesn't have a hand in throwing fall picnic, for per se. Um, that is the director of student events, and then she has a team underneath her, or he has a team underneath her um, of uh, events associates that, that help. Um, this is what, you know, when Sam threw fall, fall uh, picnic this year, she had her events team, um, uh, and then she had, you know, she was orchestrating the whole thing. Brent said to me, yeah, I mainly just kind of showed up. <laughs> um, I think people need to realize that each of these cabinet positions are, in a way, presidents of their own field. Um, Love that. Yeah, they, in the end, have a huge responsibility and have to view themselves as the president of student events or the president of the, uh, the, the student orgs. Um, and I want them to have that mindset so that, that they take the, the accountability of the role that they're, they're, they're um, about to take on. Now, the qualities that are needed um, beyond just understanding that this is my role for the year, I am in charge of this. Obviously, we'll work as a, a team, um, but student events or, or student orgs, this is my job for the year. The, the, the other, th other than that, they need to be incredibly competent um, and being able to work well with the team. But most importantly, they need to really love the school. They really need to have buy-in. Um, just because um, you know, fall retreat is not the director of finances job to throw or help, you know, explicitly to throw or, or help out with. It might not look like that's under his, his job description. Um, the director of finance needs to be a part of, uh, of, of helping to throw that. Um, they need to do it out of the love for the school and want to be engaged and want to meet with students, et cetera. That's something that is the biggest key. I don't want uh, just a, a student uh, cabinet member to just stick to their own lane. Although they are the president of their field, they shouldn't just stick to that. They should want to see the vision of Kings um, and see the vision of the student body as a collective unit. So they have to love Kings, they have to be competent in their ability, and, and overall they just want to, they need to, want to serve the student body because it's a tough job um, and they have to understand that it's going to take a lot of time they're going to have to make a lot of sacrifices but if they can hit all three of those things um, then they're going to make a great cabinet member that's awesome i love that mindset and that view thinking that especially treating them like they are presidents of their own field i think it's very easy when at a institution like king's um, when there's so many leadership positions that students can have, it's very easy to just not feel important. And I love that view on it where it's like, no, you're a president of your field. You are in charge of this and making people feel important in that aspect. I love that. Um, so jumping back, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the alumni associate. Sure. Um, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, I think that can be one of the, uh, so I think that ought to be emphasized is 
one of the most important associate positions in a house. Um, the house has a ton of different associates that help out out of simply the goodness of their heart and that the fact that they want to serve the house, which is phenomenal. Um, I'm thankful for all the associates that have been working for me this year. You're an interregnum liaison associate. Thank you for that. Um, Anytime. We really appreciate it. Um, but the, for the alumni associate, I think we need to put more emphasis on and give more responsibility to that associate. And that right now, the main job description of an alumni associate is to reach out and maybe send a quarterly newsletter to alumni um, and then potentially maybe they throw in a get-together. Um, and that's kind of the basics of, of what the, uh, uh, for alum a get-together for alumni. That's basically the basics of what a typical alumni associate does. Um, I think houses need to reevaluate that and move it almost more into a development role, um, which would specify on fundraising. Um, that still hits the key qualities of being an alumni associate. Um, engaging with alumni that still hits those qualities but development takes it a step further and adds an extra emphasis on well let's let's raise funds for our house and let, let's make this a priority we did that this year um, <clears throat> with 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 our house where our our alumni associate was um, Nate Palmer this year but we started thinking about all potential ideas we could we could have with this role and we said, well, it just makes more sense that it's now, let's just call this development. So he's the development associate now. And he's still sending out uh, newsletters to the alumni of, of Reagan. Um, he's still helping with uh, our upcoming upperclassmen retreat, which has alumni come with it. Um, but he also helped orchestrate our big fundraising campaign. And he was a big key in that. Um, he spearheaded that campaign. And I think that's the role we need to start looking at with the alumni associate. Let's not put ourselves in a box and just say, let's throw out a newsletter or maybe throw a little event um, with alumni. There's nothing wrong with that, and that's great if you're doing it. But if houses want to take the next step, I, I love as the council and the SBP role and having our director of finance to help with that, to kind of form that into a new role of development and making sure it works on raising funds for their houses, mm -hmm. which I think in the end just leads to a great goal of long-term financial self-sustainability for a house. So that's my that would be my vision I, for the alumni associate. I can't mandate that. That would be have to be up for, for a house, but I'd love to support any house, and I'd advocate for it for the houses to, to view the alumni associate in that new way. So, so we've talked about the house system. Um, we've talked about qualities needed for SBP and cabinet members. We've talked about kings in general and the mission statement. Another aspect of kings that it's always there, but it's kind of weird to say this, but it seems like it's talked about a lot, but also not at the same time, and that may make no sense, but is the athletics program. Sure. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. You played soccer. What are your thoughts on athletics at Kings? Yeah, I I've had a great time playing soccer at Kings. I one of the the um, coolest moments of initially starting to play soccer at Kings was I came to Kings, started playing soccer. I I played travel soccer in, in high school, so I I had a I played against some some relatively good competition, 
Um, and I heard about Kings. I was like, I, they, I bet they can't have that good of a, a soccer team. <laughs> you know, it's it's a small school. Um, and then I got up here, and I'm playing with some incredible players. Um, our team is mainly European when I, we come up here. Um, Johannes uh, Bratz is here, Ben Oldham, Edvin Lofgren. These are names of guys who are incredible at soccer. And I remember my parents came up and watched a game and said, Max, this is the best team you've ever been on. And it's true. I, I, I think it was it's great to have athletics at this school. Um, I had a great time um, so far playing soccer at the, at the college. But I, th- I do think the, the school kind of views athletics as – in a lukewarm kind of middle child way where, yeah, we'll keep it, um, but we're not going to give any perks <laughs> to, to athletics. Uh, yeah. it, it's not going to be any added benefit um, other than the fact that you get to uh, borrow a, a warm-up sweatshirt. Um, <laughs> Keyword, borrow. <laughs> borrow and then return, <laughs> um, which I totally understand um, right now if we don't have the money yeah. um, that that's what we have to do. Yeah. That's as simple as that. If we're worrying about that, we can find a way to start fundraising or uh, through SAC. They've done a great job with this of fundraising to buy shirts, et cetera. Then we'll, we'll find a workaround. Okay. We got to be realistic with our goals. But I, what I will say is that I do think Kings needs to come down on uh, what is their correct opinion of athletics at the school. Do we want to stick to just focusing on academic rigor or do we want to acknowledge the fact that, um, I mean, about 50% of the freshman class this year who came into Kings of, of the guys were, were athletes. Um, they're making up, athletes are making up a large portion of the student body now. And I think we need to reevaluate um, kind of our approach to athletics, especially if the student body makeup is so high of athletes. So I think like one thing that I have mentioned that I know is controversial somehow is to get a mandatory where you can get a mandatory excused absence if you have a game during a class time Mm -hmm. that sounds controversial correct aiden no oh it doesn't sound controversial well oh wait to well which side are you are you saying there isn't and there should be mandatory yes 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 then yes yeah (laughs) um the if the school schedules a game for a thing during class time and you're playing sports i mean you shouldn't get penalized you, for that you would think so yeah and I, I i'm interested to get into more conversations with the, whoever the powers that be are that have went against this decision i talked with um um one of the faculty members and they said oh this has been an issue before and they've brought it up and it's been a battle trying to as people have tried to get a mandatory excused absence um policy in place if they have a game during that time and it's been a battle with with, uh, with some of the other faculty and I, I I don't know why that I'd hate to see why um, I, I don't think King should be in that position I think we should come down on if the school um, schedules a game during your class um, you can get a mandatory absence yeah. um, but how, I understand. how often does that generally happen it happens quite often. It, to me, that alone this year, it happened twice. Um, I had a game, on, I had a Wednesday class, so it was one time a week, so I only get three absences. Um, and I had two games during that class time. 
So if I had missed one more class, you know, all of a sudden I could be in a world of, of hurt. Yeah. Um, and I know many other um, people on the sports teams have been in a similar situation where they've almost failed their class because of this, um, because of this rule. So I think we need to stop being wishy-washy with athletics. Um, I think we need to be clear on how are we going to view them here. I don't think it should be our main priority at all, but I think we should give certain basic benefits to our athletes. And I'm looking forward to working with with uh, SAC on this, the Student Athlete Advisory um, Committee. And uh, I believe their new president is going to be Alex Kemsley. And I'm I, looking forward to working on how can we get some basic um, benefits for our athletes that are, are necessary. The things that aren't, the things that are realistic, I would say. Um, I don't want to give a lofty promise. That's not my goal at all. I, but, so I want to just find some realistic solutions to some um, pretty unusual problems. Bringing everything to a close, on your Instagram, you put up three fun facts about Max. First one, I've talked to Mike Tyson on the phone. That is true. You were born without six teeth. Unfortunately true. (laughs) And then the one that I want to ask about, because I just think it could relate to Kings in some kind of weird way. It, you said you started the largest club at your high school, which was the Bird Watching Club, which advocated for birds' rights. Yep. That, that's Please. True. I'm going to ask the question for the people. Please talk about that. I'm interested to hear how you think that relates to Kings. <laughs> Just student orgs and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like you talking I mean, to Mike Tyson is sure. cool, but like that doesn't relate to Kings. Actually, by numbers-wise, it would be the largest student org at Kings if I translated all my... <laughs> We had, I believe, 75 people sign up in one day um, at my, yeah, so. How big uh, was your high school? Um, it was about 400 to 450. It's not that much bigger. No. It's just really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the, the bird watching club um, <laughs> may be my greatest accomplishment um, in my time um, on this planet. Um, but... Birdwatching Club started as uh, a, a, a joke to create the largest student organization in one day um, during the student orgs fair at my school. And I went around and got petitions to create the, the Birdwatching Club. And we soon found out that we had no capacity to actually go out as a group to watch birds. Um, but what we did do is create an Instagram page where people submitted their pictures of birds that they saw, and then they it inspired them to go out and bird watch on their own. And fascinating. This was kind of a countercultural response to the birds aren't real movement. Um, if you've if you've <laughs> ever heard of that, um, is that is that the thing where it's like all birds are just yeah. cameras from the government or something yeah, like that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's unhealthy for our society to have the view of birds in that manner. So that's why we started this this this, this organization. We held meetings where we would throw on a TV, Google images of birds, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was it was it was, but it was a it was a fruitful um, fruitful club with a lot of really valid points. I'm gonna take a jump back here, just finishing everything out. We talked about your bird watching club, which is incredible. Thank you. Bottom line. Why should people vote for you? Um, other than the fact I started the bird watching club. Other, other than okay. that, that's obviously like a clear, clear vote. But yeah, yeah, yeah sure. other than that aspect. Yeah. Um, Kings is gonna get one of those now. 
I think we have I think we have uh, a great lineup of candidates this year. I have the most respect for for Maddie and Abby. Um, I think it's going to be a great race, um, and I think each of us, you know, could bring something very unique and different um, to the role and have different um, views of the student body that they can portray and be able to implement that through motions and proposals, et cetera. But at the end of the day, I think it, it comes down to uh, the leadership aspect of the SPP. Where do you want to see the King student body go in the future um, for this upcoming year? And I think there's not as much of an emphasis this year on the tradition aspect of things because we're going to keep that that rolling. Um, I think what I'm will say that I'm bringing to the table is a is a is a strategy of approach to long-term growth for for the college. It, it looks in a way financially or administratively. Um, I think we can add in certain key easy tweaks to how we do things um, to ultimately lead to a, a, a better house system, better student organization structure, um, and overall overall better dialogue between people at the, the, in the student body. Um, I'm bringing an approach of this is exactly what I'm planning on doing on my platform. I don't want to give lofty promises. I'm going to tell you that what I'm going to have done at the end of the year may not seem like it has come to fruition at the end of the year, but I will say it will be laying the groundwork for hopefully others to continue it. And then five to 10 years down the line, we'll have a house system that um, has grown financially. Um, hopefully, student-wise, it's grown as well. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully can be a place where you can come back to and always have a relationship with your houses. Um, I want us to have career connection opportunities at the school. I think if we're going to achieve our mission statement, we need to emphasize that first and foremost. I want to provide that more avenues for that for students to go and see and understand that career development is here. They will help you get internships and workshop your resume and help you with your professional skills. Um, We've got another way in my platform where we're going to do that of, of adding, um, advocate for an idea of a career development liaison for each house. Um, but at the end of the day, it's accepting what our mission statement is, which is we're here to have a good time and grow together. But we're also, but the main reason is to to go out into the world, and I think we can find a way to really equip our students for that and advocate for that and show the administration and the faculty that. Um, hey, we want to we want to grow as a house system. We want to grow as in our career connection opportunities, and here's how we want to do it. And I think I'm leading, probably the only one who's talking about that sort of side of the vision. Um, and and that's why I'm hopeful that I can earn earn all of your guys' votes. Throughout this season, obviously you have your Instagram. Are there any events that you want to throw out right now, or do you just want to turn people to your Instagram? Sure, yeah. Go check out my Instagram of Max, the number four SBP. Um, there you'll see all our all of our events. I think this is coming out after we've done most of the events with Alby houses. Um, but um, yeah, go to that Instagram page, keep up with me, and see you at the ballot box. Max, thank you so much. Um, you. Love, love talking to you and seeing your vision. Everybody, if you like this episode, please continue to listen as more episodes come out. Max, thanks so much again. Yep, thank you again. Take care.